and welcome to Preach the Word podcast. My name is Ashton McDonald, and I'm your host. Today's episode is a sermon that was shared by Pastor Shad McDonald on September 14th of 2022. The scripture reading comes from the book of Mark, chapter 10 and verse 1. Also, Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 22. The sermon is titled, Holy Wedlock or Unholy Deadlock. I would like to say how much I love and appreciate my dad and my pastor for his courage and his care to preach to us things that are real and relevant in our homes today. For a pastor to deal with a subject such as marriage, it is not always easy or exciting, but it is beneficial to those that will take it to heart. So I ask today that you open your heart to Pastor McDonald as he shares his burden with us. Thank you for listening. Mark 10, verse 1. And he arose from thence and cometh into the coast of Judea by the farther side of Jordan. And the people resort unto him again. And as he want, was wont, he taught them again. And the Pharisees came to him and asked, Is it lawful for a man to put away his wife, tempting him? And he answered and said unto them, What did Moses command you? And they said, Moses suffered to write a bill of divorcement and to put her away. And Jesus answered and said unto them, For the hardness of your heart he wrote you this precept. But from the beginning of the creation God made them male and female. For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife, and they twain shall be one flesh. So then they are no more twain but one flesh. What therefore God hath joined together, let no man put asunder. The fifth chapter of Ephesians, in verse number 22. Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church. And he is the Savior of the body. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word. And may the Lord bless the reading of his word. For my title tonight, if the Lord would stand by me, I want to preach a message entitled, Holy Wedlock or Unholy Deadlock? Someone said that the happiness of wedded life is not so much in finding the right person as it is being the right person. So may I ask you please, can you honestly before God say that you are doing right and being right? Let's just do a little quiz, okay? Can we have a Wednesday night quiz? 
Am I consciously or unconsciously creating the impression that I am better than I really am? In other words, am I a hypocrite? Am I honest in all of my acts and words? Or do I sometimes exaggerate? I'm talking about being the right person. Not so much looking for the right person or demanding that our companion be the right person or we the right person. Do I confidentially pass on to another what was told me in confidence? Can I be trusted? Am I a slave to dress, to friends? Am I bound to work or habits? Am I self-conscious, self-pitying, and sometimes self-justifying? Did the Bible live in me today? Did I give it time to speak to me? Do I enjoy praying? When was the last time I spoke to someone about Christ? Do I pray about the money I spend? Do I get to bed in time and do I get up early to pray? Do I disobey God in anything? Do I continually insist upon doing something about which my conscience is uneasy? Am I defeated in any part of my life? Am I jealous? Are my thoughts impure? Am I critical? Am I irritable? Am I sometimes touchy and often distrustful? How do I spend my spare time? I'm asking you, are we doing what we know is right? Am I proud? Do I thank God that I am not as other people? Do I look down condescendingly on other people and say, Oh, I'm glad we're not like that church. Is there anyone toward whom I have dislike, toward whom I have resentment? Is there anyone that I hate? Do I grumble and complain constantly? Do I try to get along with those in my house? My heart's been turned toward home ever since Kathy walked out to the office. It's, it's early. Buddy, when she comes to my office that early, you know something's going on. And I looked across my desk and I seen Kathy coming across the yard and Something checked in me, and she said, it's within me, and I said, it ain't good news. And she walked in the door, and she said, Mr. Herring passed away this morning. That's Wayne. Uh, LaRonda, his wife, the widow, she told Kathy, she said, Wayne, look forward to you coming every Tuesday. And Kathy would, he sat out in the sunroom 
you'd, you'd have to appreciate where they live. They live there on the back bay of Moss Point, there on River Road, Brother A.J. And uh, they've got this, Kathy one day was cleaning and she heard this pecking on the glass of the door. And she went and looked and there was this, this turtle that's become a pet of theirs and it'll come up there and pee on the glass and want to be fed. Of course, there's the gator that lays out there in the yard too that wants to be fed. And so Kathy's just got attached to Wayne and LaRonda. And, and always on Tuesday, Kathy would uh, come home and tell me about her conversations with Mr. Herring. 83 years old, he owned seven McDonald restaurants on the Mississippi, Mississippi Gulf Coast. And, uh, and uh, there was one day that Kathy walked into his room and he sat there in the sunroom and he wasn't well that day. And, I can imagine the courage that it took for Kathy. Uh, knowing her as timid as she is, she said, Mr. Herring, can I pray for you? And he said, yes, you can. Oh, hallelujah. Well, Mr. Herring passed away suddenly, and now LaRonda is filled with all of those thoughts and concerns about did I do enough and really she did she was a good wife she she really took care of Wayne and so my heart's been turned toward home because I need to warn some of you about your attitudes and your actions because if you don't get it right you may have some regrets and when you look at those numbers etched in stone on that grave marker, that's when you really know what lonely is. And there's no going back and changing it. What, what, what is home? What is home? A world of strife shut out and a world of love shut in. The only spot on earth where faults and failures of fallen humanity are hid under the mantle of charity. It's the Father's kingdom, the children's paradise, it's Mother's world. It's the place where you're treated the best and you grumble the most. What is home? Home is that place of beauty and blessing. The house that is in order, the home that is in contentment, and the glory of the house is hospitality, and the crown of the house is godliness. Home interprets heaven. Home is heaven for beginners, and the only religion that is any good is homemade religion. Home is a lighthouse which has the lamp of God on the table and the light of Christ in the window to give guidance to those who are lost and wander in darkness. Home. We too make home any place we go. We too find joy in any kind of weather or if the earth is clothed in bloom or snow. If summer days invite, our bleak winds blow. What matters? What matters if it we two are together? 
We too, we too, we make our world, we make our weather. Marriages may be made in heaven, but man is responsible for the maintenance work. How you doing with home? How are you doing with home? Faults are thick when love is thin. I have three points. I want to talk to you about God's purpose for the Christian home. I want to talk to you about God's pattern for the Christian husband. And I want to talk to you about God's position for the Christian helpmeet. Why for so many has wedded life become dreaded life? They say that among secular society that 50% of all marriages end up in divorce. And regrettably, I read that the numbers among so-called Christians are no better. <clears throat> what goes on where you live? Y'all yell and scream and holler and fuss? We don't do that where I live. You only raise your voice if the house is on fire. I've never cussed out my wife. My children's never heard me cuss out their mama. We don't do that. We don't do that stuff. We don't bicker, we don't fight. Y'all know what comes after Saturday? Sunday. So you know when to plan for Sunday? Saturday. We don't get up on Sunday morning and say, Dear God, it's Sunday. What am I going to wear? What are we going to eat? That's all planned on Saturday evening. Clothes are ironed. Menus prepared. He say, I got too much to do. What you got to do? Let me tell you about a good woman I buried a while back. Her name was Allie Moss Tate Tyner. That was Kathy's mama. Now, she had a lot to do. She was a widow, and she had three children. And she fed the preacher on Sunday. The only thing about that was they had a hog parlor, and they had a chicken farm. And they didn't have automatic feeders. But she had a big wide shovel and a wheelbarrow. And Miss Allie would get up on Sunday morning before daylight. And she'd go clean out the hog pen and feed the hogs. She'd feed thousands of chickens. She'd shovel it all by hand. And then she'd come back and cook breakfast. And then she'd put dinner on. And then she'd have everybody all prim and proper, and at Sunday school on time. As a matter of fact, Kathy won, what'd you win, $5? Kathy won $5 because she went 52 Sundays straight without missing a single Sunday. <clears throat> and then Miss Allie had dinner on the table for the preacher on Sunday. But <clears throat> we're just so busy. I mean, we have got to spend so much time right here. 
We got to spend, you know, we got to spend hours, hours. It's a wonder your thumb ain't cramped. Amen. Hours a day right here. Hours a day. House ain't clean. Floor ain't swept. Dishes ain't washed. And I'm preaching better than y'all are saying amen. What we need is for people to quit staying on all of this technology and take care of home. We, we need to take care of business. And daddies need to be daddies. And mamas need to be mamas. And husbands need to listen to their wives. And wives need to take care of their husbands. Now, now, granted, my, my wife and I, we, we do sometimes have some animated conversations. And I'm going to tell you something. There, there's, a, there's, a, there's a certain way that she says, Shad, it's all over. It's done. That's it. It's it. That, that's where it happens. I sat on the back porch at 105 Tyner Waller Road and I looked at Miss Allie because Mr. Levi, Kathy's daddy, had long since been gone and I made Miss Allie a promise I would take care of her girl. I kept that promise. And a lot of times, a lot of times, when I look at Kathy, I see her as that little blue-eyed, blonde-haired girl standing up in the seat of that 65 Chevy and one of them good trucks. Three on the tree. That's what Mr. Levi drove. And uh, Kathy held on to his ear while her daddy drove down the highway. What good is that going to do? But a lot of times when I look at Kathy, that's who I see is that little blonde-haired, blue-eyed girl has Levi's baby girl. And I never met Levi Tate, but that was his baby. And I feel like I owe a debt to him to treat her in a way that he would want me to treat her. You, you gonna help me while I preach? Now, I... I know that you got a temper, okay? And and I've heard people, I've heard people talk about their temper as if it was something to be proud of. Your temper's not anything to be proud of. I, I knew a man that um, this goes way back when I was a young Christian. I, I knew a man that was a young Christian, and he had a violent temper. And uh, I, I regret to say I don't think he ever ever got prayed through over it. But uh, I mean. Everything would be going along fine, be having supper, be eating a meal, and just somebody say something, and it ticked him off. And before you know it, he has slammed the table or jerked the tablecloth, and supper and dishes, and everything goes out on the floor. And immediately there's always, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, if you just hadn't have said whatever. Finally, that good Christian wife looked at that husband and said, Every time you say you're sorry, 
You know because I love you, I'm going to forgive you. But what you need to do is look at these innocent little faces and these others that hear all that, they don't understand. You're going to have to quit that sullen. You're going to have to quit that pouting. And you're going to have to sit down and be like grown-ups and talk this thing out. You're going to have to be mature and not do all this yelling and screaming and carrying on and be responsible adults and work these things out. I'm sure glad Caleb and Emily came tonight because everybody can leave and say that was exactly for them (laughs) because they're getting married and this is exactly what they needed. Y'all not going to be able to make it out the door. You're going to have so much stuff thrown over on you. I had a man call me recently. He said, I want to talk to you about infidelity. I want to talk to you about unfaithfulness. I want to ask you, he said, should a minister that is unfaithful to his wife should he be allowed back in the pulpit to preach? I said, well, for me, it won't be an issue. I said, because if I do that, I'll be dead. I said, my wife's going to take a 12-gauge shotgun and put me in eternity. The phone got so quiet. That's right. I'm going to be long gone and she's going to be serving 20 years. That's right. And I'm going to tell you something else too. I don't put a mean hand on that woman. Number one, because I love her. And number two, when she got married, her mama gave her a 12-inch wrought iron skillet. And that thing's not just for cornbread. Now, you can believe that or not, but that's the truth. God never intended for your marriage to be a duel. He intended for it to be a duet. He never intended for it to be havoc. He intended for it to be harmony. God's purpose for the Christian home. God... originated the home he instituted the home before the church god intended for the christian home to be consecrated to the savior christ must be the central focus of both husband and wife to ensure a christian home the unequal yoke creates a relationship that is totally out of balance And so the prophet Amos quizzes and says, can two walk together except they be agreed? We should never marry out of the faith. We need to marry those that marry, need to marry those that have the same faith, that have the same belief systems. I don't believe in missionary dating. Listen to me. 
I do not believe that God ever intended for you to go out there and say, well, that looks like a good companion. I'll, I'll, I'll marry them and win them to God. I can tell you story after story after story where that did not work. If you want to have a Christian home, you both must be consecrated to the Savior. If you want to have a Christian home, you both must be committed to your spouse. Divorce is like a fever. It's merely a symptom. you got to look deeper for the cause. You, you have to purpose in your mind that when you get married, you marry that companion and your loyalty and your love and your life is to be spent for them. Now, I had the most wonderful, wonderful in-laws. Ralph and Allie were the most precious, I mean, people. You know why? Because they stayed out of our business. <laughs> Come on here now. And you know what makes good mother-in-laws and father-in-laws stay out of your kids' business? And if your youngin calls to you whining and belly aching and crying, just really politely say, you married them, good night, talk to you tomorrow. <laughs> you see, before there can be cleaving, there's got to be leaving. That's what the Bible said. You've got to leave father and mother. And they too shall be one flesh. Anybody going to help me while I preach? Marriage. It's rough. It's tough. It's work. Anybody who says it isn't has never been married. Marriage has far bigger problems than the toothpaste being squeezed from the middle of the tube. Marriage, it means putting up with personality weaknesses. It means accepting criticism. It means giving each other freedom to make mistakes. It means sharing deep feelings about fear and rejection. It means turning self-pity into laughter or going out and taking a walk to gain control. Marriage, it means gentleness and joy, toughness and fortitude, fairness and forgiveness, and a walloping amount of sacrifice. Marriage, it means learning when to say nothing. Marriage, it means to know when to keep talking. It means to acknowledge, I can't be God to you, and you can't be God to me. But we both need him too. Amen. Marriage means you are the other part of me. And I am the other part of you. Marriage means we'll work through it. And we'll never have a thought of walking out. <laughs> Marriage means two imperfect mates. Building permanently. Giving totally. In partnership with a perfect God. Marriage, my love, means us. 
God's purpose for the Christian home, God's pattern for the Christian husband. He is responsible for the spiritual climate in the home. Husband, when the scripture says that you are to be the head of the house, don't, that, don't let that go to your head. Don't let that cause you to get all puffed up. Because you are to be the spiritual leader in the house. And if there is failure, it comes back to you. Y'all can all sit back down. Everybody sit back down. Sit back down. You see, here's what we do. We want to point that finger. And let's play that blame game. But the husband is to show a love that is sacrificial. The scripture said concerning Christ, <clears throat> he loved the church and gave himself for it. It's not superficial, it's sacrificial. It's agape love, the highest love, spontaneous love, irrespective of rights. It does not fluctuate with feeling. No. Did, 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 you, think, did you think that there wouldn't be mishaps, misunderstandings, and mistakes? Sure. They're going to come. They're going to come. But love just keeps right on. And we love no matter what. No matter what. Now for you husbands, I'm going to tell you something. You should have already knew. Write it down because you're going to forget it. Your wife cannot read your mind. She does not have some type of intuitive knowingness that just because you thought it or you thought you told her that she's supposed to be ready to go when you walk in the door at 5 o'clock. You didn't tell her, but she is supposed to know. She can't read your mind. You know why you got trouble in your home? You don't talk. You sit around and you play on this thing right here. And it's made dummies out of you. This thing right here thinks for you. It tells you, you, got, you know more about what's going on everywhere else than you do right inside your house. You prayed for kids. God gave them to you and you ain't got time for them. How much time you spend on this? How much time you spend with your kids? <clears throat> Pray for children, and then we act like we, we act like they're a bother, they're a problem. 
Take them off somewhere else. You got to get them out of my hair. I don't want. Wait a minute. You asked for them. You got to have another youngin. And then you won't discipline it. You got to have a kid. And you won't make it do right. Y'all can all sit back down. You see, here's the problem. When you don't discipline your children, Dad, when you don't make your children act right, it looks bad on you. Nobody else. Because if as mine, they'd sit still and they'd be quiet. I got two that I raised in the house of God and they respected the house of God. Because that's the way it's going to be. Let the church say amen. The husband is to show a love that is sacrificial and a life that is significant. Why is it so important that his love be sacrificial? Because his life is significant in the fact that it mirrors Christ. He is to be to the home what Christ is to the church. He nourisheth. He brings to maturity. He helps encourage to the highest potential. Husband, how are you doing? Do you encourage prayer in your home? Do you encourage devotion in your home? Do you encourage Bible reading in the home? I thought earlier today, I don't know. It, 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 it had to have been years. If, if it, I don't even know. As what me and that woman right there don't join hands and pray every day of our lives. As a matter of fact, I'll go so far to say I wouldn't be where I'm at if it wasn't for the love of a good woman. But you know what made her to be the wife that she is? Is because I made her queen. She made me king. And that's what a husband does. And God gives him a palace. Oh, hallelujah to God. I need to wrap this up. My points are three. God's purpose for the Christian home, God's pattern for the Christian husband, and now God's position for the Christian help meet. Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands. Simply put, truly, <clears throat> truly love him with all of your heart. <clears throat> Marriage is a union. Marriage is to be a fellowship. And there's submission that our Lord demands. Submit. It's a voluntary act of cooperation. It means to respect. As the husband mirrors Christ, the wife honors and reverences him.
Now, I've crossed up with a few people on this. But I want you to hear me out. Respect is not to just merely be demanded. Respect is something to be earned. And I have known of men that demanded respect. Demanded their wives submit. But because there was no reverence, there was no respect. I'm thinking of a husband that spent his life given to drink, never could conquer alcohol. But he, his wife was told and her children were told, you have to respect him. What is there to respect about a sot? What is there to respect about a drunk? You're not helping me while I preach. You see, a wife must first reverence and honor. And when she honors, then she will respect and she will Submit. <clears throat> Wife, you have every right to expect your husband to be the provider and the protector of your home. And when your husband shows that protection and that provision, you need to respect him. And you need to live within your means. Kathy read to me this morning. I, I, love, I love in the morning times when we have coffee. Uh, she reads me the news. And she was reading to me this morning of this lady that was, was she 103? 103? And they asked her, the best invention of all the world? And she said, a microwave. <laughs> and then they asked her, they said, the worst thing ever invented? She said, a credit card. <laughs> I think we'd all do better if they hadn't invented them things. <laughs> that plastic will ruin you. Amen. I need to close. The submission our Lord demands and the subject that love displays. Every married couple should be an illustration to the world of the relationship between Christ and his church. I don't, I don't, you, you just have to be a preacher. But I was, walked across the drive and was coming uh, into the carport, and I uh, remembered that lady that passed, and, and they went to get things prepared for the monument, and they asked the husband, said, what do you want the epitaph to read? And he had already thought it out, and they etched in stone. She always made home happy. Church, I've been burdened for you. I don't know 
if ever, actually not ever, that something has been on my heart as much as this. But you've got to get it right there. That's where it's got to be. I want you to work on it. And I want you to pray about it. And those things that you know put your, puts your companion on edge, don't do it. Let it alone. Bow your heads. I want to pray over you, Father. I thank you for the reading of your word. I thank you for these precious, precious people. I thank you, Lord, for husbands, wives, families. And, Lord, I ask you, please, that you will let this settle down deep into our hearts. And for those areas, Lord, of where there's been shortcomings and where there's been places, Lord, that actually we've, we just missed it. We messed up. Your word said, confess your faults one to another. Lord, if there's an apology that needs to be made, if there's forgiveness that needs to be shown, if there's understanding that needs to be extended, show grace, Lord, in this altar tonight. And help us to work on those areas, Lord, of where we found ourselves short. Bless and help in our homes, I pray. In Christ's name. You're standing all over the house. Someone said marriage is a three-ring circus. Altering, adoring, assuring. I'm no better a preacher than I am a husband. If I mess up there, I'm no good here. How do you grade your paper tonight, daddies? How do you grade your papers, moms? Stubborn, ain't you? I've never seen a day of what there's such hard hardness. And so many hard-hearted people. And our dress code is the easiest place in the world to hide it. That's a good place to put it. 
right under all of our holiness veneer. But there's such bitterness and anger and animosity right in our homes. God wants there to be peace and harmony in your marriage. And if you'll just work on being the right person yourself, God will take care of your companion. Is that right? Altar's open. Let's gather in. God bless you, everyone.